everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast, where we delve deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. First up, I want to thank our supporting partners, and that's We Are One Composites and Seven Mesh, who both have insanely good offers for you. If you're a long-time listener, then you'll know I'm a massive fan of We Are One Composites wheels, having run them on my bike for at least four years now. I love the balance of stiffness and compliance, which for me brings a ride feel that's accurate but without any of the negatives that an overly stiff wheel can provide. The quality is also insanely high with a beautiful finish and a product that for me has needed zero attention for the whole time I've owned them. If you keep an eye on the mountain bike news, then you'll have seen that We Are One last year launched their first bike, a superbike called the Arrival. And recently they launched a brand new range of wheels called Convergence. These new rims mark the progression that We Are One have made in both design and engineering, with a minimum 30% increase in impact strength and an improved ride feel at the same time. I've not had the chance to ride them yet, but given my experience with We Are One, I have no doubt that they've done an amazing job. As it's Christmas coming up, We Are One are being even more generous than usual and are offering downtime listeners 15% off anything on their website. That means you can get 15% off their new Convergence rims and wheels or off of their already amazing Revolution series of rims that have recently been reduced or even 15% off the Superbike, The Arrival. You've got until midnight on the 31st of December to make the most of this incredible offer. All you need to do is to use the code Downtime December 15 at the checkout over at weareonecomposites.com. That's Downtime with a capital D, December also with a capital D, all one word, followed directly by the number 15 over at weareonecomposites.com. Seven Mesh are on a mission to create truly high-performance clothing for mountain biking, gravel and road. Coming out of the mountains of British Columbia and being founded by three of the team from high-end outdoor clothing brand Arcteryx, including their CEO, this was always going to create something pretty special. BC delivers a unique combo of challenging terrain and extremely varied weather, which has driven Seven Mesh to create clothing that's capable of dealing with anything you can throw at it. They've worked super hard to give us new options and better solutions than ever before. The performance of this stuff is next level. It's built to last in the harshest of conditions and to keep you comfortable for as long as you want to go. I've been riding their gear for a couple of months and like I said last week, the Chilcote Anorak and Northwoods Windshell really impressed me for their versatility across a wide range of temperatures and weather conditions. Beyond that though, the range is full of quality products that are going to add something to your riding kit collection. The last few weeks, the Griffin Long Sleeve Crew has really had some use and abuse. It's a Polartec power grid material which is super comfortable next to the skin and it also keeps you really warm as the mercury plummets. This has fast become my go-to first layer for winter riding. Whether you're wanting to try 7mesh for the first time or you're already hooked, they are offering downtime listeners a generous 20% discount using the code DOWNTIME7MESH20. That's downtime followed by the number 7, then MESH, M-E-S-H, and the number 20, all in capitals with no spaces. So that's downtime7mesh20 over at 7mesh.com. Head over now and check them out. And what's even better is that they ship globally. So wherever you are, you can get your hands on some top quality riding gear. While you're here, don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. Hit follow or subscribe in your podcast app now, or there's buttons to help you get that done over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe. We've got a fully refreshed and expanded range of merch available now over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. It's all really high quality, ethically sourced and delivered without any single use plastics with all merch sales going directly to helping keep the podcast going. If you wanted something in time for Christmas, just keep an eye on the final shipping dates, which should pop up at the top of the screen for you. All the links you need for all of this stuff are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. 
You can also get in touch and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook by heading to at Downtime Podcast. All right, today I'm joined by someone who is easily one of the most exciting riders on the planet, Amory Pieron. Amory has had an insane desire to win, which on occasion has taken him to some dark places. We chat about his progression from the junior ranks as a privateer into the elite field and ultimately joining a factory team. Find out what went on behind the scenes to help that 2018 overall win. Hear about Amory's battles on the track and away from it, dealing with some serious injuries. From the highest highs to the lowest lows, Amory has always had incredible determination and drive. Add to that a professionalism and some serious attention to detail and you have a rider that is very hard to beat. So, without further ado, here's Amory Pieron. Amory Pieron, welcome to the Downtime Podcast, man. Thanks for taking some time out for a chat. Thank you very much for having me. I have some free time right now, so it's a pleasure. Yeah, well, yeah, before we get stuck into the episode, then you've you've got an injury that you you picked up. What what was it that actually happened? I was just like uh, having fun on the model. It was kind of one of the best days of my life. The condition was so good. Uh, I was riding with my friends, Thomas and Hugo, and it was so good. I never wanted to stop, and uh, the night the night came, and we we were continuing lapping and doing some um, some lap times. So yeah, it was just too much. I never stopped, and that was just uh, you know just the bit of too much. <laughs> oh no, man! So was it a collarbone injury? Yeah, yeah, just broke the collarbone, and uh, and that's it. And have you had surgery on that? Yeah, got surgery one week later, and now it's uh, it's nearly three weeks after surgery. So yeah, okay, good. So good progress. I hear you've uh, you've been eating eggshells to help you with the recovery. Yeah, dude, that's cool. Huh? That works. I think. Like honestly, I never felt that good after like a collarbone because I already broke it three times. And look at me. But um yeah, and I just like start to know how it works now. And uh just try to find other stuff to to help faster. And I don't know if it's really works, but in my mind I believe it works. So yeah, I feel good. Yeah, that's enough, isn't it? Although not the nicest thing to try and eat, right? They're a little bit crunchy. It's a bit crunchy, but you can like have a piece of bread with that and it's, <laughs> it's better. <laughs> How many eggshells are you eating on a daily basis? Uh, I try to have one okay. one a day. Yeah, <laughs> impressive. Good commitment, man. Well, I mean, there's so much that I want to talk to you about, but it's the first time we've had you on the show. So I do want to start from, from the early days for you. And you're the middle of three brothers, right? Baptiste, the eldest, Antoine, the youngest. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And Baptiste, was he the first that kind of got into the mountain bike side of things? Yeah. 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 He was like, he, I think, always did bikes like in his life. And he was just like, uh, more. We all did bikes. Like, we start like super young, like in front of the, with the, with the home in the street, like just like did little jumps, you know, with wood stuff. Yeah. We always kind of, did bikes but she was the first like to go to the races like um creating uh shaping downhill tracks and everything and 
I was playing football first, then tried to go to ski a little bit. And uh, finally, at the age of 13, I just like uh, decided to follow him because uh, I went to see him at some races and it looks just so fun. Like the atmosphere was really good. Like everybody was just having smile on their face. And that was, uh, that was a huge, uh, huge part of, of me coming to, to Donnie, I think just, just the vibe was insane. And, and Donnie is sick as well. Like the sensation is how good. So yeah, very it, different to football, huh? It's different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and yeah, just like to have, uh, individual sports, you know, as Donnie is good, like you, if you you're alone on your bike, so now it's like we 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 talk about team at all level, but first you you alone and you just do your stuff, and there is no team to fucked up your race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so very true. When you start, it's like it's like that. So that was good to me. Yeah, and what what was the riding like where you grew up? Were there many tracks? Were there big hills? Uh, where I start like. Um, Donil, when we laid, when we arrived in Auvergne, and there is no big hills, there is just little hills, nothing crazy, but uh, it's kind of free, you know. There is no big cities around. This is just like yeah, forest all around, so you can do moto enduro and a lot of bikes, and we were free to create uh, our proper, proper little uh, Donil, so. Nothing crazy, but just like enough to have fun with the friend. Nice, nice. And the, the you know France has, I think, probably one of the best national race scenes in the world, um, and has had for many years. Is that where you went to give racing a go? Is that where where Baptiste was riding? Um, so we start just with local races, and uh-huh. uh, then he did uh, the nationals, and for sure the, there was. Um, a team, uh, maybe you already heard about it, the US Kanye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Nico Vuyos, Fabien Barrel, Loïc, Loris, uh, Thibaut Daprela. All those names come from the US Kanye. And when we came to the national races, there was one thing to, to do is watching the blue and red uh, jersey, <laughs> whereas the US Kanye. And every time it was fast riders, I was crazy. And they, they just like literally were on each podium of each category. So yeah, that was a big team, uh, back in the days. Uh, we, had, yeah. And you had Loris Vergier to beat, right? From that team, he was in your category for, for all of your career, I guess. And I think like a lot of people back then sort of felt Loris was unbeatable, right? But you didn't necessarily feel the same way. Uh, honestly, I felt he was unbeatable because, <laughs> uh, yeah, he was just smashing everyone. Like, I remember he was seven, eight seconds, like, in front of me every race. So it was just, um, I always believed that if someone can do something, why not? I could not do it, you know? So just like, try to 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 learn how, how to ride better and just with the with the years I start like to training have a trainer and just like just dedicate start to dedicate my life to it 
and uh, years with years, like things came better. I start to write faster, longer, but uh, yeah, something didn't uh, click to to work really well every time. So yeah, it was a lot of parameter to 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 find or to to be consistent then. For sure, for sure. And Loris has this very uh, unique style on a bike. He's very like very light. I almost say yeah. like watching like a cat jumping around the way that he rides. And your style is is I would say more aggressive than that. Was it tempting to try and like copy the way Loris rides when you're competing every weekend and he's beating you? Um, not at all, because uh, we we didn't spend much uh, time together because he was living south of France and it's pretty far away. So, and when you are at races, when you're young, you have nothing to compare you to the others. So, it was just like the times. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just like I think of my proper style. Uh, I. I for sure I watched the World Cups when I was younger and uh, Arvon Green was a, a good style. I, I think he inspired me a lot because he was like super strong on his bike. He didn't move on it like just yeah, a strong strong man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a lot of character. Loic as well, Bruni, uh, and then a lot of people. I think just there is you can take uh, a good part of everyone and just that builds uh, who you are yeah create your own your own style yeah and you did you did a couple of years racing in france as a cadet i think the category is and then in 2013 it was off to world cups for the first time was that yeah. an easy decision for you to go and do world cup racing because you weren't on a big team or anything back then that was like a family effort right as a privateer yeah yeah Totally, uh, I was fully privateer, so that was something uh, something hard. But um, yeah, that was I don't know. It was no for me. It was uh, was just uh, I don't know. That was the way. There was no other way. I wanna race World Cup, so I wanna try. You know, so. For sure, it was not easy. Uh, we needed to spend money for my parents. It was not easy at all. It was a big decision and everything, but uh, we just tried to figure it out, like find the the way the less expensive we can, and we regrouped with some friends, and yeah, we just went to the World Cups, and yeah. Was cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first one I think was Fort William, which seems to, for some reason, seems to be a lot of people's first experience of a World Cup. Not necessarily the best place for your first World Cup experience. Well, yeah. what, what do you remember from that first one? I remember like that everybody told me Fort William is the nearest track ever. <laughs> and I, re I remember that Rachel beat me at the quali. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, then it was, Froyam was um, a nightmare, like, during all my career until uh, until 2018 when I won there. But, yeah, first year, 2013, I think I broke my shoes during the race run or something like that. Like, the sh like 
unclipped, hit the rug, oh, <laughs> and my shoes like break into pieces, like cracks. Or oh, my God. impossible to ride. And, uh, always good stories with Paul Williams back in the days. Yeah, it's a good place. Become become uh, somewhere you go pretty well. We'll talk about that later. But that first season of Junior World Cups, like the results, like they weren't, they certainly weren't amazing. They weren't really a hint at the ability that you have now, clearly on a bike. Was that disappointing for you? Did you find that hard? No, because uh, I was by my own with my family and some friends, but like the support was hard. So it was just a mission already to to get back there. But at the time, you you don't uh, you cannot feel it. You know, you feel like it's normal, and everybody is struggling to go to the races and and everything because you never like uh, tried the the other side like the professional side so it was not because of that but it was just a first experience and um i did some maybe top 10 like during quality or maybe final sometimes so i was happy and i was maybe looking for more for my second year junior so i was not disappointing just uh yeah disappointing about the struggle sometimes <laughs> yeah but yeah. That, that that make you stronger i think Definitely. And that second season was more successful. You, you took your first podium at World Cup with third place at Peter Maritzburg, which is a track that I wouldn't necessarily pick you as someone that was going to go super well there. I think you were third from Luca and Loris on a borrowed yeah. wheel as well, right? You'd had a pretty rough weekend. Yeah, 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 true. Uh, so we came with Thibault Lali and his father. So uh, we were all all of three, like, just, like, discovering. It was his first year, Junior Thibault. So he was discovering World Cups, and he was, like, quite far from home. From home. So it was a big, uh, big travel, and we have no much, no more money. So we just, like, have a box bike, nothing spare, like, just a tire maybe. <laughs> but uh, it was a mission. And, uh, and yeah, I remember, like, there was, I didn't expect it to have so many rocks um, in South Africa because I was just uh, looking at the races and it looked just so flat and people were pedaling a lot. So I was like, okay, we, we shouldn't have any problems there. And yeah, my, like with, uh, after the day of, uh, of practice, my, my rear wheels were a bit in a bad condition and just my tire blew up doing credit because my wheels were fucked already. So luckily we are, we were only 29 riders. So I was able to, to qualify because there was the top 30 qualify for the final, mm-hmm. but I didn't have a wheel for final. And I remember I came like to the pit. Okay. Can you, Give me a wheel for final, please. And uh, and Couscous, uh, Fabien Cousinier, give me a, let me a wheel for the race. So that was pretty pretty cool uh, from him. And uh, I was able to end up uh, third. So I was like eight seconds behind Luca. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad time. But uh, that was cool. Just a cool experience. Yeah, starting to show the the capability, I guess. And later that season, you took your first win in juniors in Leergang ahead of Taylor Vernon and Luca again. But Loris had crashed that day. 
Like, yeah. How did that feel for you? Because you strike me as someone who always wants to win, like on fair terms. Like you want everyone to cross the finish line, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. But at this time, I was uh, I was sorry for Lewis, but I was just stoked to have uh, to have beat the other guys. But uh, I didn't knew like. Like Lewis, when he crashed and he started again to ride, and Luca came and he, he, he beat, he was, you know, kind of, uh, he was on the way of Luca, so I didn't know that. And I was just happy because I won, but uh, no, it's shit because I know it <laughs> <laughs> was not a fair race. And, uh, but uh, yeah, I just remember I was really stoked because even if Lewis didn't crash and nothing happened, I would have been third and it would could have been so sick as well just being on the podium uh next to those girls who were already uh in some pro teams so yeah they were just just so good to be on the podium yeah and you went on to qualify second at monster and showing your your pace there but you had a uh, one of the first of a, a a series of race day morning crashes i think and broke your collarbone <laughs> in, in morning practice that must have been pretty frustrating because you don't get much time in junior to like show your capability and make your mark i guess yeah it was uh finishing second in quality i was so stoked because uh, a lot of people were just like uh is lucky blah 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 but i just want to show like uh i could do it again and being second was perfect for me and i just felt felt good and it was like um in the morning practice there is uh, a blind blind step and there is just a rolling works who came on the landing and just put my phone front wheel on it and just smashed myself on the ground and broke my collarbone. So I remember I was crying so much, like I fucked up. Uh, <laughs> and after the race, Luca came to me and he just gave me some good words. So Luca is a pretty good guy and I really appreciate it. Like since junior, he, that's a good guy. And I think he won that day. So, but yeah, just good memories with him. Always respectful. And yeah, that's a good guy. Loving it. Nice. And that, that season was enough for you to get picked up, uh, for a team for your, the start of your elite career. You went to Lac Blanc Scott, I think. What was the, what was the deal there? Was there much, was there any money in that? Was it just kind of a bit of support and a bike? Like how was it working? Uh, it was not money at, not money at all. Uh, it was just like support with, uh, they let me buy, they bring me to the races. And, uh, there was Thomas Estac in the same team. So that's where I really start like to hang with him. And, uh, now we're really good friend. It's a really good guy. So funny, like always late in the bed, like in the morning, <laughs> don't wake up. So it was. It was funny every morning, like to go wake up and let's go, but this is race day. <laughs> it's still a bit like that. That's funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just like, yeah, they, I pay like, I think kind of nothing, you know, just like they give me all I needed and they bring me to the races. So that was pretty sick to me having a kind of official bike with a structure, a paddock. So yeah, that was a, uh, really good step for me and yeah i was really stoked about it 
Yeah, and it went it went pretty well, right? I think you put in 17th at the first round in Lords, 14th at Lenzerheide, 12th at Valdesol, and then a 14th at World Champs in Valnord. That's um that's a pretty good first elite season for anyone. And there were a few lows in the mix. There were some results that probably weren't quite what you wanted. How how did you feel after that first elite season? Because on paper it looks pretty good. I was really stoked. Like honestly, like uh, after the first race uh, in Lure, like I was like, what the fuck? Like just the goal was to to get qualified and uh, ended uh, in the top top twenty it was uh, just insane. But uh, yeah, yeah, honestly, the year was was good. Just a uh, few low, a lot of mechanicals. Yeah, a lot of mechanicals. Otherwise, the season was so good. So just I was confident, like uh, for for the next years. And uh, but yeah, well after this season, I was just so stoked. Remember, yeah, close uh, close to the top ten. So that was the goal for the following year. Yeah, definitely. And in 2016, Lackblock Scott became Lackblock Commensal. Um, yeah. Was that like a bike that you felt comfortable with straight away moving to Commensal? Uh, yeah, I remember to, to feel good on it. Uh, I, mean, I don't remember if we changed suspension setup or what, because we were riding. Yeah, we were riding a uh, bus as well on the on the Scott and we went with Fox on the Commensal. Mm-hmm. So it was a totally change, big change uh, during the winter, but uh, I felt felt good on it. And Commensal uh, is ba- based in Andorra, so it was really close. We can walk together and we, we can visit either the HQ. We are close to the to the boss. Max Commensal is like, it's like a father, you know, <laughs> so... It was a really good change to to come to Commensal. Yeah, and you came out swinging that season, took your first podium with fifth place at the first round in Lords, joining Aaron, Loic, Loris and Troy on, on the podium. And I mean, now your name is very much in that list of awesome riders, but back then it probably wasn't right. Most people didn't really recognize you as one of the top guys. How did it feel to stand on the podium for the first time with that group of riders? dude i was so so stressed like when i was on the hot seat next to i remember i was next to aaron green and i was like what the fuck like oh and then on the podium i was like looking at them and like it's true we do it it's what is happening i was not believing it and yes i was just insane i was in france so yeah, it was crazy. Good memories from there. Yeah, and it obviously kept the confidence up. You came hard into the next round in Cairns, um, but unfortunately had a pretty nasty crash in the in that slippery top rock garden. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so you know, so I had a, I was uh, I think late with experiences because uh, so I start late racing, uh, start late riding bikes, everything, everything, and. I just didn't knew how to deal with the pressure of uh, having a podium. It was a totally new experience. And uh, I was like, okay, so no, I need to ride fast, like <laughs> first run. And uh, that was so sketchy because um, it had a rain, I think, in the night. And the road garden was, fuck. if you have uh, seen some videos from there, when it's wet, it's like an, a real nightmare. So. 
yeah, uh, the Royal Garden was a real mission and just a lot of riders were just avoiding him and I just tried, okay, just hit it straight, main line, like not main, yeah, main line, straight line, but the hard one and just little slip, block my front wheel, go over the bar. I was maybe five, five K, you know, so slow, but in the end and, uh, broke my two, <laughs> my two wrists. Not a nice injury to live with that, right? Yeah, that was uh, some some new mission coming <laughs> with that. Did you did you think about like leaving the sport at that point? I mean, it's a pretty nasty thing to do. It was was your head still in the game? Uh, I, I didn't expect it to to be that nasty, and I think um, for the the kids who were listening to that, I want to. To, to go to the world cup racing the something important is like to to try to be surrounded by uh, experienced people and just like to ask a lot of questions you know because you you never know what you think you do something cool and good but this is not the case so it's really important like to to keep the, uh, your brain on the shoulder. I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's hard like to to stay focused on what you need to do because it's yeah, it's it's dangerous. You can easily uh, fucked up. So it's all after doing being on the podium like a few weeks ago to come and you never been in that position and you, you, you feel the need to prove something, but not at all, you know, you, you just, you, who you are, you're human. So it's pretty hard, like for you, a young kid, like to just like keep calm and, uh, do your proper stuff without thinking too much. And so, yeah, that was, uh, a bit uh, the the history of my life and i i, I keep uh, learning bro <laughs> <laughs> always learning man yeah. well 20, 2017 was another season of of ups and downs but it finished off pretty nicely with the second place at Valdesol to a rider you definitely looked up to Aaron Quinn um someone yeah. who like you say your your style to some extent came from um, and a ninth place at World Champs in Cairns, two very different tracks, two good results. Is that when people really started to notice you? Um, I don't know if people uh, noticed me at one time and I even maybe know. Yeah, they noticed me, but back in the day, at this time for sure, they didn't notice me. But for me, like being second, I don't know, man. I felt so good that weekend, like, I think I was maybe four in time training, six six in quality. And I was like, I was stressed. And I remember coming to Louis, like, give me, tell me what I need to do. <laughs> and he definitely helped me that day. And he, he told me, like, dude, you were riding so well all weekend. So just, like, do the same and have fun. Enjoy your race fun. And that like let all the pressure go to myself, and uh, I felt good. Did a pretty good run, like smooth, clean. I was feeling just so good. Ended up P two, so yeah, that was insane, like insane. So I 
I thank you, Luke, for that uh, advice you give me that day. That for, I think that changed my life to have ended up uh, second that day because it it boosted my confidence and my motivation for the world chance. And I knew I was bad on this kind of track, like flat track and everything. And uh, just like go through and did the best I could, ended up uh, P9. So that was. Great, great uh, result for me. I was stoked, and that's why like things start moving. I uh, really, I really uh, wanna change the team. Go with the was commercial Valner at the time yeah. uh, structure. So yeah, that was really important for me because I really, I I felt the the need to to be professional, you know, like to, to, to do some testing, uh, to have just nothing to do. Cause at this time I was, uh, working in a shop or studying. I was always doing something cause I was not, uh, it was not possible for me, like just to do only bike. So I was, I was doing something for my future, you know? And, uh, after that we, we chat with Max, uh, Yannick and the Ruffins and we were uh, these things possible. And I came to the team. Yeah. Big changes for the off season, right? I, I mean, you've gone from effectively like an unpaid position with limited support to one of the bigger teams on the circuit, a team that's renowned for its, uh, amount of testing that it gets done and the support there. And I think. You know, you, you were doing like, was it 10 testing days per month in that off season, pretty much getting ready for 2018? Um, we were, uh, I think, no, it was not that much. Like it was 10 days every two months. Like we did okay. like three or four comps uh, before the season, but that was already a massive change because I never did that. I never did like team comp or maybe, maybe one just like that, just. But for photos and everything, you know, not real testing, you know. So um, that was really interesting. And uh, yeah, just trust the process. And I was now work free. So I mean, I was just focused 100% on, on mountain biking and training. So yeah, just, uh, just that was um, a massive change uh, in my career because just, yeah be able to train and not focus on, oh, fuck, uh, I need to do, to go to work tomorrow. No, my work now is to to train. So that was insane. I was working on the bike with engineers, um, all the team, commercial uh, uh, now, and yeah, that was just uh, a big, big step forward for me. Yeah, and to ride with some some riders with a lot of history as well, Miriam, Remy Tyrion, like... There's yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Good riders to learn from in that group. Yeah, as yeah, well, for right? sure. Like I came with with better best riders than me. Uh Miriam as well. Even uh if it's a girl, she she was better. She has a better experience and I learned a lot from from her as well. And yeah, for sure, Remy gave me the speed, they learned me a lot of stuff as well. So it's been uh it's been a re- first uh, when I came, it was like ah Oh, that's a lot of people here. I know no one, you know, it's like, it was real. I was really, really stressed about it. But then, yeah, they was all super cool and they welcomed me and Thibaut uh, super well. So can't complain. Was, yeah. uh, I think, the best choice of my life. 
Nice. Did you did you uh, make some changes on the fitness side of things coming into that season as well? I mean, obviously not having to go to work helps with recovery and stuff. But did you did you change coaches? Did you do a lot more training? No, I didn't change coaches, but uh, for sure we changed uh, a lot of stuff because uh, uh, training uh, after work at uh, seven p.m. is not the same as work <laughs> as a training morning and afternoon and rest the the evening. You know. So yeah, that changed a lot. Like the the amount of training was way bigger and the, with a way better quality. So that was a major part of the kind of following uh, success of the season. Yeah. What what were your personal sort of goals and expectations then coming into 2018? Did you feel like you were in a really good place? Yeah, I, I was feeling like uh, with now the support I have and the work I did, like, like the goal was to do like every race I should be in the top 10 and I want to do like two podiums. That could be great because I did one podium each season for the last two seasons. So yeah, I want to do two podiums and each time in the top 10. That was a goal. Yeah, which went a little bit better than that. But the first round yeah. was at, at Lozenge, which was a... An odd track, very different to anything we've raced elsewhere. Um, you qualified seventh, so the pace was there, but I think you had a flat in your run, didn't you, and end up like 21st. Did yeah. You, did you feel like the speed was there to do what you wanted to do that season, but it was kind of hidden by the result? Um, no, honestly, like um, first I was like scared to come to that track because it was super short, like flat lot of shrugs so typical the track i hate but uh, after quality sevens i was like perfect that's that's all i need like to to start the season and uh yeah then like i i was third at the third split before before puncture so yeah i was um first i was like so disappointing like so good that i was just crying fuck with all the season starts you know I just want to give a, a good result to the team because uh, of the, all the hard work we did in the winter and uh, the puncture like um, fucked it up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it just like gave me more, just more motivation for the rest of the season. And uh, yeah, I remember I was get back to training so angry, like, you know, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that just built my confidence for the rest of the season. Yeah, and Fort William was next up, which is a track that in the past hadn't treated you very well. And I think, am I right in saying you started with a new mechanic that weekend as well? No, no, no. Uh, we it was a new mechanic um, for the like we start in the same time in the team, so okay. it was the same as the first race and the winter. Yeah, but you made some some setup mistakes. Was it coming into finals? Uh, sorry, coming into qualities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember, like, it put my bike in, because uh, for William, at the top, it's, like, it's always, like, windy, raining, it's so cold, and there is no space for riders. So yeah. so we tried to find the space for the bike at, uh, at some place and find the space for me to to warm up, and uh, and then, I don't know, like, he put the bike somewhere, and, and he came to to take it back but uh i kind of lost him we just like did a 
we just were confused <laughs> and I was like so I started to go to the Stargate without my bike and he was like then running after me <laughs> we were late but uh, that was funny yeah he was, so that was the first time um, like his first year uh, doing mechanic for a downhill racing team uh-huh. he was coming from moto so things were different and uh but there was no problem. Like for me as well, I was learning. So no problem. That was good fun. <laughs> yeah, and the race came together pretty well, but it nearly didn't, right? You uh, Maybe you want to tell us a little bit about your entry into the finish bowl at that, that race because it, <laughs> it was pretty wild. Uh, not, uh, it was, that was not that year. That was uh, the, in 2018 where I ended up. That was 19. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 2018, we're pretty chill. <laughs> <laughs> Kept it under control. And that, yeah, so that yeah. was your first World Cup win, right? Fort no, William, a track that you've had a horrible time on. And it was yeah. Loris that you beat as well. Loris was second. Loris or, Loris or Troy? Loris, said them? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, okay. I think yeah, in 2018, yeah. yeah. How did that feel? That must have felt pretty amazing. Yeah, that was, I was, it was unbelievable because, uh, yeah, Ended up as a quality 10, so there was a lot of riders to go down. And yet just like they they didn't beat my time one by one. And yeah, you know, the big names behind me, I was like, it was just unbelievable. I didn't, at the moment I was like, what the fuck is happening? And Miriam was like, was here with next to me. You win, you win, you have won. And I was like, that was crazy. All my family was here as well, so all the friends, and that was sick. Yeah. At that at that point, did you think, right, I, I know how to do this now, I can do that again? Or did you just think, right, I've had a good weekend? But, uh, for me, I didn't did something crazy. Like in my riding, I was just riding well, smooth, like taking care taking care in some parts, pushing in some other. I was really uh, managing my restaurant and just try to to do the the same. I didn't focus on the result for the other races, just focus on the on the process of the weekend and uh but I remember to to have been really stressed in Leo Gong, <laughs> like oh what the fuck number three played. I was like ah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I uh, was able to go through that and uh, just focus on on the process and it works again. So it was insane. Yeah. So yeah, first in Leo Gang, first in Val de Sol, and then yeah. coming into Val Nord. Like, do you start to feel almost invincible? Or does the pressure of failure start to get higher and higher on you? Like, how do you feel as that winning is like building up? Uh, coming to to Valor, it was a lot of pressure coming in because it's the hometown of um, of Comensal. So it's like um, it's like it's like the home race, you know, and uh, look. Everyone from the from Commonsal is coming. Oh yeah, blah blah blah. You feel good, great season. You're gonna win at home and everything. Ah, that's <laughs> terrible. When when the pressure start like to come from outside of you, it's like not so good. Even if they, they didn't put pressure on me, but like 
I felt it, you know, they, mm. I felt like that people waited something from me. So that's pretty hard to, to play with. And, uh, in the same time, uh, nobody have won four races in a row after winning his first World Cup. So I was like, okay, let's do that, bro. Let's send it for <laughs> being the history. And uh, I was closer. Second is close to first, but uh, close to, to, to being history, but not, not this time, bro. So yeah, Loris did uh, a pretty sick run. He won his first, I think he was his first World Cup. Uh, good question. Maybe. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. So that was sick. That was really sick. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it yeah. put you in uh, a really strong position in the overall coming into Mont St. Anne. You had the ability to, to take the overall there one, one race early, yeah. but it was that race morning crash again uh, yeah. that kind of gave you a serious challenge. Tell us about that one. Cause again, that must've been pretty hard to work through. Yes, that one was pretty bad. Just a little sleep uh, can be really nasty, especially in Monsanto in the big slabs. <laughs> so yeah, just sleep by front wheel at the big crash from the top of the slab, like ended up like in the rocks. And yeah, the whole body was pretty beat up. And uh, I was really done so i came back to the physio like we we, we did a nice bath i i took some painkiller and yeah but just the energy was wasn't here and my mind wasn't here like uh, the whole body was really sore so yeah remember my first like pedal stroke in the start gate was super painful like all the warm-up was painful and the first like the two first pedal stroke was like ah it's gonna be a long long run <laughs> and that was a long long run but uh i was able to end up fourth that day and that gave me the overall so i was like insane how how do you refocus your mind and find the speed that you need after having such a horrible crash and being in such a, a beaten up state. Like how do you, how do you get your head back in the game? Uh, it's hard. It's hard like to, to forget what you, what happened to you before. So yeah, you just try to focus on what, what you are doing now. You focus on the present and you, you know, you are here and you know, this is a forest racing is, in your blood, I think. So when you come to start gear, like a lot of things can disappear, can disappear. So yeah, you just do what you are living for and you forget the pain, everything around <laughs> and you do what you love. Amazing. Yeah. Took the overall one race to go an awesome season. And a lot of riders, I guess would maybe, just back off a little bit in that last round. Like there's nothing, nothing you need to do really. But you feel it feels like you're a racer that always wants to go to victory, go for victory. Like you're not there for a place; you're there to win. Is that is that fair? And is that the approach you took in in Lebrest? No, for sure. Like uh, it was in uh, in France, so 
I really want to win in front, like in front, in front of the home court because uh, it was just sick, you know, and uh, I was, I had nothing to lose. So if I felt good, like I want to, I want to push for it. I did a good quality and then was good in final, but got a little crush. So I was still disappointing about that crush, but uh, <laughs> that was the front I, wheel washout, right? And like right near the bottom of the track. Yeah, the real real like a slip right off front. I don't know. I don't remember. But in the flat uh, grass turn, slip, and yeah, that was a that was a hard uh, hard one to swallow. Even uh, even harder because um, Martin Mays won, so it <laughs> yeah, was yeah. dude. I I have nothing against him. Huh? I, I love him, but. Uh, when another rider come and win in Downhill, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> ah, so I was like, you fucked up, bro. So, <laughs> but yeah, that was a, a pretty cool race uh, with a pretty good quote. So that was a good, good weekend. Yeah. And well, coming into, yeah, coming into that 2018 season, I guess it would be fair to say you were a bit of an underdog. Like, I'm not sure many people expected you to win the overall. But after a season like that, everyone's watching you and it's always going to be hard to top it. Did you feel a a really different pressure coming into the 2019 season after that overall win? Yeah, yeah. For sure, like 2018, I was uh, totally under the radar. Like, nobody expected me even to win a race. So... So that was cool. I was just like, uh, I was free, free in my mind to just do what I love and that's it. Coming to 2019, it was a total different business. <laughs> and we yeah. talk about business because it was business and just media stuff all winter long, a lot of media, media, media. And coming to the first race, you know, we do all the Red Bull interview uh, before the race and just like to prepare the the show, the TV show for the season. And they were with a lot of questions and all the photographers as well. Just at the sponsor, everybody like waited uh, to me to win. And at that time, I felt a lot of pressure, like so bad. And I remember to did not enjoy the race weekend. I was like just uh, chasing uh, a place, a finishing place and not having fun on my bike. So I was so mad about it, but at the time I was not able like to, to, to feel it. You know, I was just in, in a, in a bad position and I was not uh, capable to, to see where, where that comes from. And I just like start realizing that uh, after the race, but, uh, yeah, kind of terrible race, so much pressure. And ended up seven, so uh, I was like, "What the fuck? It's gonna be a long season." So <laughs> I had to take a break, start uh, thinking to find the solution, where the problem comes from, and yes, massive problem was uh, the pressure. I reset from outside, and I put on myself, and I just wasn't looking for the right thing. I forgot uh, like to have fun on my bike and. So that was the main thing. Yeah. How did you change that then coming into Fort William? Because obviously the result was much better. Did you did you change anything to 
keep yourself yeah. away from the media a bit or like how did you get get to that headspace that you need to be in but yeah you know uh, first when you you finish seventh like the media it's easy they they quickly <laughs> forgot you so <laughs> yeah. so that part was easy <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah just like you uh, realize I was not having fun um, at that first race. So I was like, okay, what the fuck? Uh, I'm here for having fun. And that's the way you you did good last year. So just keep keep the same mood. Have fun. Go to William. Work for sure. You have to work a lot. Be be focused on what you do. Be professional. And But yeah, you are biking. So it's fun. And take fun, buddy. And yeah. That works pretty well. Yeah, and it did work. But and so that was the one where you nearly went over the bars coming into the yeah, finish, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> so I don't know if you know the story because I already I already tell it a lot. But I was just like so coming and from the not the last jump, the one before landing, and I was looking the the board screen while pedaling. <laughs> But when I just refocused on myself, I, I was already on the leap from the last jump. So pedaling uh, on a leap is not so good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it just was nearly catastrophic. But uh, the gods uh, were with me that day. So thank you. Only just. Yeah, I was there. Can you, in a moment like that, do you feel the crowd? Because the whole... I don't know how many people, like 20,000 people in that finish bowl just breathed in. You could hear this like, <gasps> she nearly went out the front door. Like, do you feel that or are you so focused on what's going on? No, no, you you just realize when you cross the finish line, you start like to to wake up from, from where you run uh, and then you, you hear like, <laughs> but during the run, you cannot... Uh, heard it and but yeah i remember there was a a scary noise from the <laughs> from the quad <laughs> what a day yeah so the first win of that season and you went on to take another win in in Lege, another win in lenzerheide before we get too far i really want to chat about that that Lege run because that your gopro from there has definitely gone down in history as one of the most insane onboard uh videos to watch from, <laughs> from any race and it was a track that we, you know, we haven't raced uh, subsequently. That insane field section at the top. I remember being up there and watching you guys in practice hitting those open turns. What was that track like from your perspective? Because it just seemed insane. Dude, I missed that track a lot because that was insane. Like just after a few pedal stroke, at the end of the... Of the first uh, curves, we were at 80k already, so that was insane. Dude, the feeling that was honestly one of the best track ever. Like the speed, like was so good, and then the woods were, were was fun as well, and then another field section. Yeah, just just sick. And when it's it trains, the crowd is always here. So yeah, just a good combo, a good track, a good crowd. That was a good event. Yeah. And I, I remember I was stood with some friends in the top woods at the end of kind of a long, like a straight with a few obstacles along it uh, in morning practice. And you got so out of shape down there. And I have no idea how you held onto it. Um, you nearly crashed into us at the end of the straight and, and claimed it. 
Um, but like, what is it with you and crashing on the morning of race run? Is it just because you have those limited runs and you're trying to get on the pace again? Is it because course conditions tend to change overnight? Like, what's no. going on there? Just like, uh, I think we all try to um, to push a bit the limit. Like, if you want to win, you you definitely have to be the fastest of the world. So that's, this is not something easy. Because there is a, a lot of guys who, who want to fight with for that, so yeah, you just need to be like I mean to ride fast all the way down. And there is some parts you maybe struggle a bit, so and sometimes you just playing too much. So it's hard to judge. Like you need to play with the limits, but not like uh, go too much further. <laughs> so. And yeah, in the morning before final, it's where all is happening, like where the speed is coming. And yeah, you just try to go the fast as you can just before final. So maybe that, that's why <laughs> there yeah. is some struggle. Do you think it's helpful to get a little bit beyond the limit as long as you manage to kind of save it, just to find where the limit is on certain elements of the track? Does it help you get a feel for where the race run pace is? Yeah, kind of. If you, you know, you can like if you if you you crash because you slide or something, and if it you can feel it if it's like uh, just a mistake or if it's speed. Uh, if you are at the limit of the speed, that could be a good information. Okay, that was that was the max. <laughs> I cannot uh, go fast faster than that. Sometimes it's a good uh, good information. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So you're coming into that final round in snowshoe. Um, you and Loic are at the bottom of the hill. You've done everything you can for that season. Um, and basically Danny Hart gets to decide your fate, right? Which is a mm. pretty unique. I don't think, I don't really remember seeing a season that's ended in that way. Talk us through your, your feeling watching Danny's run from the finish at snowshoe. Cause it was all to play for, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was all to play, and uh, it was uh, it was hard. Eh? We were with uh, with Loic at the bottom of the track, just waiting for Danny, and he started run. And first, he was just in the perfect uh, position for me. He was just between me and Loic, so that was uh, the deal for me to win. And just uh, the last, when he crossed the last split, <laughs> he went ahead of me, and I was like, I remember like putting my head in my hands, and uh, just like when you, it's like when you heard a terrible, um, a terrible news, you know, like your body is like empty, like oh, there is nothing more inside you. And yeah, it was really hard. Just he crossed the line and it was just one of the hardest moments of my life, I think. And uh, yeah, just so much emotion in three minutes. I felt it was like one hour. It was crazy. Yeah, but there's some, there's some lovely photos. I can't remember who took them. It might have been Boris of you and Loic kind of chatting and sharing a beer like maybe a couple of hours after that happening. It's pretty cool, like, as a sport that you can go through something like that, but then still 
have the ability to be friends and 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 to be together like that it's pretty special right yeah and even before the race start like i think on the first day maybe track work day we meet uh we met each other and we just just talk like hey bro maybe you maybe me uh one of us gonna win the overall so imagine like the position the position we are now it's like we are so lucky to live that we are friends and we're gonna fight for the world cup overall that's something pretty unique so bro let's go and uh see, see you after the weekend but that was that was that was pretty cool dude like uh it was yeah for sure uh, an experience pretty sick and i cannot complain i did a great season uh it was just better if you want that it was better so that's what it is and uh yeah after the race we had another chat and yeah i was talked for him he, he did the perfect season and uh yeah he just gave me a lot of uh things to work on so that was cool <laughs> gets you yeah it gets you fired up but you had a couple of tough years through 2020 and 2021 i mean 2020 in itself was a, a year to forget for most people on the planet um but you had yeah. a big crash at a french cup race which kind of took you out for the season what happened with that one because that was pretty nasty right yeah i think it's uh it starts at snowshoe 2021 uh, 2018 2019 sorry because after that my determination was like so high. Like I worked so hard all the winter that I never worked that hard. I was just ready to go to war. Like <laughs> no matter what, I was ready. So that was insane. The best feeling ever. I was just ready, excited to go. And then the this famous virus came and cancelled our races. And I was like, I, I remember... When my coach called me, I, I I couldn't believe it. I just cried. I was like, no way. That was a nightmare. I dedicated so much for this and it didn't happen. So, and it was long. The way it was long, races canceled, 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 more and more. So, yeah, I decided just to cut from everything. Otherwise, I, I would have been crazy, but re- really crazy. <laughs> So I decided to cut and we were not able like to go out in France. I was pretty nasty. Like uh, we were not able, yeah, just to go out. It was like uh, forbidden. So yeah, just nothing to do. And then uh, we were like free again to move, to go out, uh, ride bikes, everything. And at the same time, we were some national races. And uh, I came to those races, but I was absolutely not ready anymore because uh, it was long. It was long, like three months, maybe, yeah. or maybe four, like between uh, we were stuck in the house on the races. So it was kind of long, and I was not ready for sure. Like uh, I didn't trade for, for that. Uh, I get everything, but my mind, I think when I came to that race is still a bit in the mood, like, okay, let's get it. Uh, let's go. But, uh, my body wasn't ready. So I had that horrible crash and it was nasty. 
and uh, yeah, didn't race at all in 2020. And that was so, a broken. Was it a broken back? One part of that. Yeah, um, the apophysis, you know, mm-hmm. from the lumbar one and two. Yeah. So it was yeah, the little wing that kind of yeah, comes exactly. off the side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it was bad, but uh, that's what it is. And the collarbone again and the finger. Anyway, was a really bad crash. And coming to then 2021, I had a, a good winter, but absolutely not in the same mood because uh, I didn't know if I could race good again, if I could have a speed or whatever. And coming to the first race end up ended up uh, p3 and i was like uh, okay that's cool <laughs> uh, honestly that that's cool but my feeling was terrible like i didn't felt good i felt slow and i felt just don't riding well and i just won I think because uh, the bottom part, you know, the woods were pretty sketchy in Leogang. Yeah. And I was able to go through kind of well. But if you look at my first split, I was really slow. When you need to push, when you need to be fast, I was mm-hmm. so bad. Like I was maybe 20s. So I was like, okay, I definitely, definitely need to find some speed. And I came to a national race. And then I felt good. Like I felt, okay, cool. That's coming again. I felt good on my bike. I, I'm playing and everything. And during my quali, I felt really good. I felt focused again, like as, as same as before. But just, I don't know, uh, I was not riding super fast, you know, but just a silly mistake, uh, just a little crash. You slip your front wheel in a turn, but my elbow, I, I just crashed on my elbow and it did. It destroyed my, um, I, I forgot the name in English, my liver, uh-huh. the yeah. liver and another, another one. In lung? No. Low, you know, uh, don't remember. Mm, okay. But, but internal yeah. organs is really the, Oh yeah. The organs hard, like huh? super sketchy. Yeah. So I was like, in no much in pain first but i was like i feeling something super bad in my stomach and then i was like feeling the pain and i was like okay <laughs> there is something really bad inside and uh yeah come to the to the hospital did the scan and that was uh, that was bad so i spent the week um in the hospital i watched the uh, the leisure world cup from the hospital so that was a pretty tough moment to live yeah but um yeah one more time uh good lessons <laughs> good listen to to learn and a good um yeah just just was a good motivation to to be in the hospital bed watching the world cup and to yeah to tell me i don't want to be in that position anymore so made you, yeah made you angry again i guess like. and yeah but that was that because during all the week I was spending at the hospital, every morning the doctor came and they told me, mm, you were always all right. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, you, are for si- you, you are for six months off, nothing. No way. So I was like, 
That's not possible, bro. I already <laughs> missed the 2020 season. I don't gonna miss the 2021 season. <laughs> and I just like did everything I could, like um, just keep believing it was possible with giving to my body the best food I could, natural food, just like having a good uh, environment coming to to home in Ottawa to enjoy the, the mountains, have a good hair, have a good hair. Air. Yeah. And yeah, just like trying to have um, an healthy life. And finally, after two months, so I was okay. No, I will do some scans before. Like the first scan they, they gave me was three months after the after the the, the crash. And I was like, okay, no way, I I do it before. So no, I did one at at one month. And the doctor were like, "What the fuck? It's it's crazy. It's uh, it's really heading heading fast. So you can start like uh, moving and training easy, but no no danger at all." Mm-hmm. And uh, so I I was okay. So if I do a scan two months after that, like after the crash, so one month later. And if it's good, I could race maybe the world champs and the last run. So like, okay, if the scan is okay, why not? So I just keep believing it. And uh, I haven't ride so one or two times downhill. I was not allowed at all, but uh, I believed I, it could, uh, the scan could be good. Yeah. So if it's good and I cannot go to world champs uh, without riding. And the scan was on the Monday of the World Champs. No <laughs> so, so I did like just through Daniel ride. Came to the scan. The scan was good. So the doctor was like, what the fuck? It's insane. <laughs> but uh, in the same time, okay, it's it's good. On the image, it's pretty good. It looks, um, it looks safe, but we don't know. We never like... Yeah have an impact two months after that normally it's six months of nothing so it's only two months so we don't know so the doctor told me if i have to send something to the uci i don't sign it (laughs) but uh it's uh it's a pretty i think immature sport (laughs) we are doing it's like not professional if you look at some other sports like on the on the um, LC side, the all sport is like crazy bad, but uh, yeah. I think it's moving on the good side. But uh, at that time, it was like it was what it is. So I was able to to come back on ride. So I was I was stressed honestly, and coming back on Valdisol, oh, <laughs> it was not a good idea. <laughs> and su- uh, that's like super rough that year as well. well the last two the last two races yeah, have yeah, been yeah. really rough, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, the last three years have been really rough. So it was really scary. I was, I was scary to ride that track with not riding my bike uh, during two months and not feeling 100% at all because I didn't train like well. You know, I just like, did a little bit of gym for, for three weeks. So <laughs> and a bit of road bike, but nothing, you know. In, you don't get prepared in three weeks. So that was sketchy. And uh, yeah, did my quality P21, I, I guess. So it was it was okay. 
And then uh, the mechanical for final, so I was like, fuck. The the gods don't want me in downhill anymore, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't you didn't give up by a long shot, right? And you ended up taking fourth places at Lenzerheide and Snowshoe later in that season. Did yeah. That, did that feel good? Did it help you realize that the pace was still there and that you still were hungry for it? Dude, I, I felt so good. Uh, I was so happy because uh, I was not able like to to handle a full run. Like uh, I, I was able to handle like two minutes at good good way speed, and then I was just struggling, fighting with the pain, because my muscles were, were not ready. I was not able to to ride my back properly. My uh-huh. my forearms were like uh, stiff and everything. So having this result, and just after uh, everything I lived for the last two years, getting back on the podium. Uh, was just like so good so 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 good and yeah it just showed me that uh, with a good winter of training if I prepare well I could uh, for sure I could go back winning races and and that's what I did so yeah just uh, this is a good uh, remember that uh, if you never give up and you believe in your dream and you fight for it uh, big things can happen definitely man and you came into 2022 looking like a gladiator like definitely one of the strongest riders on the circuit uh at least based on appearance which probably isn't the best way to judge strength but there you go definitely intimidating to other riders and we kicked off 2022 with a really well attended uh portuguese cup race and you turned up and smoked everybody um, and I think a lot of people would say that those races don't really matter. They're not really focused on the win. It's like a bit of a shakedown ahead of the season. But yeah. was that an important win for you in the grand scheme of the season? It was, uh, it's always cool to win, but, uh, at these races, I never like, I never, after winning, winning races, uh, you know, it's done. You won that race, but then there is another race. So everything can happen, you know, like it's not because you win a race that's good. You're going to win all the other races. So, and especially when it's uh, not a World Cup, it was just uh, a national uh, race, race. So you don't know, you know, there is no pressure. So you, it's hard like to, to ride at your best in those conditions. There is not all the support, all the, there is not all the guys next to the track to give, give us the line. There is uh, not much pressure, so everybody is more chill, and you cannot really compare you to to the other. But in a, in a in a other end, we are racer and we race, so you you can compare a bit. <laughs> so it's like it's hard like to to have a real uh, a real storytelling about this you know like, i don't know what to say but it's hard to have a feeling a real feeling yeah. after this yeah and uh sense. yeah but uh it was just good like to to win this race it was cool yeah and first year on the new supreme v5 which is a very different bike you've got that six bar linkage was it easy to get set up on that bike easy to get used to it or did it take a bit of work uh, so uh, we had a prototype uh, during the 2021 season. 
so this one was pretty similar we just it was just uh, some stiffness to play with but uh, yeah it was it was easy because we work already uh, 2021 on it and all the winter so we were uh, just ready to ride with this bike yeah and you came into lords and had uh, what looked like a pretty wild run and took the win at that first round of the season how does that feel like after some really tough years some results that weren't where you wanted to be a lot of injury must have yeah. been must have been a nice place to be yeah yeah for sure so after a long long time uh finally being back on the top spot was insane in france in front of the home court in front of the family in front of the friends was just uh just so cool and yeah i don't know it just uh was a good reward of the of all the hard works and all the bad uh, injuries i came through so i never give up and i could have give up for sure i believe i i tell you it was hard but yeah, I just keep uh, kept going. So best reward ever to to win in Lord. Yeah, nice. And then we had that really kind of long break, which is a bit strange. But then off to Fort William, uh, another win. Did you ever think you'd become a Fort William specialist? As I told you at the start of the show, like Fort William was a nightmare until 2018. Like I never finished Fort William. Like I, I came there like from. 2013 to 20 to 2018 when I won, I never end up for them. Always a mechanical. So so after that I won like every every other time I came here. So yeah, it's uh, it's funny. It's funny. Life is funny, bro. <laughs> and you switched up for a 29 of that on the rear that that weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we came here earlier in the year to to do some testing, and I just felt better on the twenty nine in Foria, so I just chose to to go on the twenty nine. Yeah, but Thibaut, I remember, was riding the the mullet, so you mm-hmm. know it's pretty different. And there is yeah. a lot of every rider is still in mullet, I think. Yeah? No, Most, yeah, Reese Reese started was riding, on the twenty nine, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Do you think you think you do that at any other races, like, or was that just a sort of specific track that suits the twenty nine er better? Uh, no, no. The the idea was clear was just uh, to test for four AM maybe, and after that, I was maybe maybe for some other races, maybe Liogong or, or what. But the other tracks are like just too much. Uh, steep or technical there is always something and 29er is, is not better for those races uh-huh. quite a lot of change though right does it take much to get used to a bike that's that different uh honestly i'm i'm kind of okay like to switch bike like uh quickly like uh because the the engineers did a, a good previous work like to set up the bike and then we just adjust like some clicks, some pressure, and and some points on the bike. But uh, with the help of the engineers, it's kind of uh, it's not easy. It's never easy, but uh, it's okay. Yeah, we go through yeah. that. 
Fair enough. And then on to Leergang, he took a fourth. And then Lenzerheide, another win come in. And I, I went up and did a track walk with Elliot Jackson after qualies to have a look at the track and the state that it was in. And uh, a lot of riders are up there. You were up there on your own. And I don't think I've ever seen anyone look so focused. Like you were squatting down, like taking in every little detail of the track. Like how how important are those additional track walks for you? And what is it that you're up there trying to do? What are you looking for? Honestly, some when I'm doing a track walk, I'm getting crazy. Because uh I don't like to let any detail when I, I'm doing something. So sometimes I don't do track work to save energy because I know I'm, I'm going to spend too much time on everything. So, and it works as well. But when I do track work, yeah, I just like, just uh, pay attention to every detail on the track, every route, every works. And I try to imagine new lines to to gain some, some tenths of a second. Just sometimes it just like, 20 centimeters just next to next to a hole or next to a rock but it just can maybe open the turn and get more speed out of the turn so i i just like do mathematics in my head and uh, just try to figure it out with what can be faster and just to avoid avoid the dangers so yeah i just like give attention to everything on the track when i do that yeah. Do you prefer to do those track walks like after the initial track walk? Do you prefer to do them on your own or do you like to go with other members of the team, other riders? Like how, how's the, what's the best setup for you? Um, it depends, but, uh, mostly I like to, to go with, with someone at least like, um, uh, one of the Riffin's brother or Thibaut or the juniors depend, depend most free. But uh, the problem is like, as you saw, I'm really slow, <laughs> like just <laughs> regarding everything. So then they go <laughs> and I'm alone. <laughs> yeah. How long would you be up there for? Because I think, I mean, we were probably on the hill for an hour or so and we went past you pretty quickly. Like you were really, really taking it in. Yeah. yeah. I can be like, like for on the first track work, I'm, I'm more like, like three hour and can be like two hour, two hour and a half uh, on that day. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's quite hard work, right? I think people miss the, like the fatigue because you're standing on pretty steep slopes. Like yeah, your muscles are in a strange position. It's not what you train for necessarily. Yeah, it's really demanding. You spend an hour on your legs in the steep section. So yeah, it's demanding. And you... Yeah. During that time, that three-hour lap time, you you are not like recovering, get massage or or sleeping or whatever. So sometimes when you're like already tired, you don't go track work just for that reason. But um, yeah, for sure, it's something to think. Yeah, and you guys seem to be making good use of electric scooters. Uh, yeah. around the pits and getting to and from the accommodation to save the legs a little bit. I think I saw all of you on them at some point in Lenzerheide. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like the, the e-bikes are so good. And even every morning I, t- I took the e-bike just to check some some part of the track to see, because, you know, there was a lot of uh, moisture there during the night. So it's interesting to see how wet it is and just 
to change to see how the line changed changed with the B practice. So yeah, e-bikes make uh, makes our life easier. Yeah, and electric scooters as well, right? Like the little kind of as the scooters, like the kids, the kids' toys, right? <laughs> they look like a kids' toy, <laughs> but they seem like a lot of fun. Yeah, that's really cool. Like just uh, between paddock and. Uh, and the apartment, like just we take that. Doo, 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 that's good fun, and we don't don't work, so that's easy. Yeah, that's good. Nice, nice. So yeah, the season's going well. The overall battle's looking really good, and then we come into Valnord, which was a pretty challenging track for everyone, I think. Like very one line for a lot of it, very fast, really loose and dusty. And it was another one of those race day morning crashes, and I've seen the video of it, and it looks horrible. That they seem to be a curse, like when your season's going really well and you've got an overall in your sights, that seems to happen. You seem to have one of these races where you have to overcome some kind of adversity to take the win. Just, yeah, tell us a bit about that Valnord experience for you because that crash looked horrible. Yeah, so after that, like uh, after Lens ride, I really wanted to do well again i felt good but the track was hard the track was really sketchy uh there was no room for error because it was one line and if you were online you were in the just a ton of dust so you, you can not ride in that and yeah remember i ended up quality i don't know so on third like in the top five and yeah, just uh, was angry for more. So I did a good track work again uh, after quality, uh, really focused and just yeah, I was well, I was keen in the in the final morning, and just tried like to enter in a section like too fast. It was just not possible like to with my setup and. The way I rode and my weight, it was not able to, to ride this section that fast. So landing from the previous rock, was not able to bounce back um, enough quickly. So my front wheel just like um, touched another rock who wasn't uh, supposed to touch. <laughs> and just slip a little bit, but just, uh, yeah, 20, I was just 20 centimeter offline. So in the big, uh, big dust. So my, just my front wheel, just taking it, went over the bar and yeah, fucked up. So that was a massive crash. Like I took some moments to, to wake up from that one. And, uh, I had a, a concussion, but on the time I didn't. Uh, I didn't uh, felt it. I felt I was bad, uh-huh. but we did some tests and everything, and it was okay. Uh, it was okay to ride. Uh, I had a little bit. Uh, yeah, the symptoms were not so bad, so it okay. was okay to ride. But just I was a bit slow, you know, like I was just slow in everything I did. So for the race run, was bad. <laughs> it was really hard. And give, I just gave everything for that. And uh, I took all my energy. And after the run, I was just done, like no more energy. And I felt, then I felt, I felt really bad. Like I just like uh, lie down 
on the ground and just like needed some water and needed some freshness. And the, the, the sounds started to be bad. I was so tired, like the, I had the vomit a bit, you know, the feel of vomit. Mm-hmm. So like, I was like, okay, that, that looks really serious now. And uh, so after that, yeah, I called the doctor and he told me, yeah, that's a, that's a concussion now for sure. So yeah, you don't drive, you do nothing, no training, your, your heart rate needs to be low. You don't go um, to the noisy places like restaurant or even even the the street with the roads, uh, the the cars and everything. That was too much. That was crazy. So yeah, just like spent all my time <laughs> in the bed, like playing Sudoku, and I was just like, uh, and there is uh, some Sudoku left. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah. Yeah, I came to, to Snowshoe and I didn't know if it was possible to ride. Yeah, because this is like two weeks later, less than two weeks later, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So I came there thinking maybe a miracle could, could happen. And uh, so I, I was just bad, huh? really bad. Uh, so I start just before Trackwell to to do some uh, little intensity to see how my body will react and so they came back directly and that was really bad. So directly when I land, uh, when the physio land in snowshoe, we, we walk a lot uh, on the neck because I was so stiff. And every day, like two times a day, we work really hard on it. And uh, even during track work, I felt bad. Like uh, I even asked uh, Arthur, the engineer, if he had not his earphone to 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 give me because I was the noises from people just chatting was too much like Whoa. in my head I was just bah, so bad and uh, I, I don't know somehow like for practice like I felt better uh, more like less pressure in my head less uh, less headache so just try to to give a go easy take it easy. And I felt just better and better, like during the day. I just had massive pain in my knee because of the crash as well. So I, I had to took some painkiller, but uh, I don't know. How, but it works. The first one were like super hard. Like uh, I was so scary just because I was. It was weird just riding my bike again, but uh, yeah. Finally, the, the weekend went just better and better, and. That was cool. Yeah, it's crazy how your body like seems like it's let you do. It's let you ride when you needed to. Like it didn't show any big symptoms yeah. until after the race in Valnord, and it just about yeah. was allowing you to ride again in time for practice in snowshoe. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. See, seems that's crazy. Cra- yeah, yeah. I think uh, body and mind and everything are connected, and they know that's really important for me. I think and. I don't know. It's crazy, but yeah, honestly, it's really crazy because uh, after track work, the the Ruffins brothers, the team managers, came and they told me like, maybe you shouldn't race that one. You have uh, a good point in. You maybe need to rest to to get ready for the last rounds. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I was really bad. I didn't get out of my room. Just like talking with no one. I was really red, and they get scared, but. Finally, he just came 
in place for for the race weekend so it was just uh, just crazy it's crazy yeah and a hell of a race to win right the conditions were insanely challenging yeah, yeah. throughout that race like super slippery mistakes were getting punished did you feel <laughs> did you feel nervous or were you just glad to be able to ride again I was just super, super stoked to be able to ride. Like, uh, it was a bonus for me, you know, like it's all, it was just like full, uh, full happiness. And, uh, yeah, when I won quali, I was like, what the fuck? So it was crazy. I didn't believe it. And for final, uh, I was so hyped. I was so keen. I was so cool. I, it was. I was at the top and I really felt uh, the win. I I don't know. I just felt it. It was I felt so good on the bike. The morning was super cool. I was I feeling I was riding. I felt I was riding fast. So yeah, everything clicked super well. And uh, for final, did massive mistakes just after the first split slide, and I was just like nearly. I was nearly stopped. Like. By sliding, I was uh, not in line, <laughs> just like on the flat section. So I start from zero, like pedaling, and I was okay, that's over. But go, go play the points. And when I came to the finish area, look at the screen. I was, uh, I saw it was green, red, red, green. <laughs> I was like, what? So I just pedaled hard, hard as, as I could, and and I won. And that was just insane. Yeah, so cool. Think- incredible incredible win and it set up a bit of a deja vu moment because we're at Mont St Anne again and you can wrap up the overall with one race still to go and you didn't really need to place particularly highly you just kind of needed to put in a, a solid run um but it it appears that you only have one gear and that's going for the win like do you do you regret that like would you if you could have that moment again would you have been more strategic about it yeah 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 for sure i will uh i will didn't play uh like that like that in the future i think because uh, at that time i was like i didn't need it to win for sure i was uh, a top 20 20 25 24 was enough to win the overall and uh but i don't know after after quality, I ended up third, and I was so angry because uh, I was uh, kind of far of the win. You know, Finn uh, won with like three seconds or something huge. You know, I was like, no, 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 I, I hate that. I don't want that. <laughs> and this is a problem, a real problem for me. I need to work on it. So, but I know that I need to work on it. So that's cool. But yeah, that was. Uh, and I I felt really bad about it. I, honestly, I was like uh, super emotive uh, from that. And uh, yeah, I just decided like to to win for a track work, and just I tried to win. I tried to win and just push for it. But uh, that was just not my day. I was riding well, but compared to to snowshoe, where I felt. I could win. That time I felt like uh, something something uh, is not going well, you know. But uh, I, I kept going. So, 
it sometimes your feeling don't uh, don't lie and and yeah but i don't know why because i was riding well and just like a little mistakes when just little bit of line slide it's a little slide and it's over yeah can you are you able to describe the difference in the feeling at a race weekend when you feel like you can win and then you feel like maybe it's a bit of a struggle like are you able to put that into words yeah when you can win like everything is going well or even if it's not going well like little things don't going well like you this don't affect you okay the, that's not working okay i do something like you you find the solution super quickly and yeah everything is feeling good like the, your relationship with your mechanics uh, with the engineer with people the feeling on track the bike setup everything is going well and you just like is like just building you a, a solid confidence and uh, when he it's crazy because just a few days after that coming to Monsantan didn't find good setup struggling getting um, nervous and uh, not super maybe sympathetic with other people around me like uh, just not smiling much uh start feeling the pressure just like yeah it's crazy but uh it starts from nothing but when it starts it's just like taking different direction and it's hard like to to get back to the right direction yeah yeah and you you i guess with that 26th kind of left the door open just a little bit for finn to potentially beat you in the overall so we took the race to val de sol and it was all down to the line but unfortunately, Finn Finn didn't race based on yeah. uh, I think a head injury from uh, from Leger. Yeah. When did you find out Finn wasn't racing? Uh, when I, I was truck working after quali after quali, I think, or maybe in the morning of uh, morning of quali, I was with my uh, with my e bike next to the truck to check the lines. And I saw Kevin, his mechanic. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so when I saw him, I, I was okay. So if his mechanic is on the track, uh, Finn is not riding. But we had a chat and yeah, he was, of course, not riding. So that was uh, the time when I I um, I knew it, he's not going to ride. How did, how did that feel to you? Again, you're the sort of person that you kind of want everyone there. You want to beat everybody, right? Yeah, that felt uh, not good. I was like, uh, you know, I need uh, I need pressure like to to ride well. I need pressure like to because that's a good pressure, you know. It's not a pressure from inside, so I need that little extra like to to ride well. And then I was here for for nothing because I was not uh, not even like. Uh, supposed to ride like and, uh, and i could run but um, then i just like turn up my mind uh, the other way okay just let's try to to add another win to your season but yeah, it was just hard to stay focused i had so many um mechanicals i was crazy just nothing clicked again this weekend and again like i did yeah three in the, the day of quality I had a puncture like on my two practice and in my final, uh, find my, my quality. Yeah. So three run, 
three puncture. So fuck, not the the ideal before final, and then uh, for final, the rain came just uh, mid uh, mid mid race, and I start like trying just to go for a good run, and just was more slippery than expected, and just had a crash. So yeah. I was what a shit end of the season. <laughs> yeah, how does that how does that impact how you feel about the overall compared to the twenty eighteen? Uh, it was not the same because uh, even with the the crash in twenty eighteen, I was uh, stopped when I crossed the line. But that time I was like, uh, that shit, bro. That uh, I was so mad, so mad about it. I don't know why, but. Uh, it took me a long time uh, to enjoy the the thing of the uh, yeah, but yeah, could just because the end of the season, I think since my crash in Andorra, with kind of my uh, head injuries, like it was just really hard to to do to do great like every time. I was just like fighting so hard like to do well, and then oof, low of energy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and that- after that, that was hard. Yeah, and that Val de Sol final came after World Champs uh, yeah. in Leger, in France. The most insane crowd I've ever seen at a mountain bike event. And I'm not <laughs> sure if it'll ever be beaten, but it was it was pretty wild. And I'm guessing you you know you you thought you could take that, and you really wanted that, right? You've got you had a bronze up to that point. Yeah, and I'm guessing you wanted to take the gold on on home turf. Yeah, for sure. After after the season I had at this time, I I had already uh, so four win on uh, seven races, so that was uh, that was insane, and I just believed like I could win another races, uh, and this is the world championship, so it's something I want, and I don't know. Dude, it was just hard like to swallow. I ended up second that day. Was really hard, but that was uh in the same time I just accepted my my position and uh and enjoyed because the quad was so good and we were three two Frenchies in this world championship in France. So yes, yeah, that was insane to live. So pretty sick. The quad was insane on the roof of the of the house and the on the cars people were everywhere that was like a revolution <laughs> that was yeah so, yeah so cool. you had to have a police escort across the town like in that little buggy to get to the podium to get to anti-doping like it was wild eh? yeah dude like without the police we never could uh have made it to the podium <laughs> for sure <laughs> so there was like maybe 10 uh policemen just all around us, like around Larry, Clarice, and me, just to go to the podium, there was just shaking the people were all around the police. That was crazy. So that was to to go to the podium, and after the podium, we needed to go to the to the doping test. So we they put it in a yeah in a in a little buggy <laughs> to go, and that was so funny because people start running after the buggy, so the policemen start running. <laughs> that was. So good, so funny. No, yes, wow. the, the day we will never forget. Huh? Yeah, man. And you're a pretty upbeat guy. You're generally pretty cheerful. But 
I saw a photo of you from like behind that podium before going up on the stage to take your your medal and you look broken like you're on the floor like head down like that one really hurt huh was it was it one of the toughest second places you've ever had and hard to see Loic take yet another world championships uh it was both honestly when i crossed the line and because uh, he was not a winning one, I was not able to to find the speed uh, and the feelings for for a real winning one. So I can't really complain to end up second. But when I saw it was Luke again, I was like, oh my God, that one hurts. Because <laughs> honestly, he was like struggling all season and he was able to, to win the World Championship. So... And he already he already had a lot of world title, so I was like, again, that's crazy. Why, you know, it's only one man who beat you that day to to be world champion, and that's like again. <laughs> and it was a bit similar emotions that uh, than 2019 in snowshoe for the World Cup overall. Same same man <laughs> who won in front of me. Same feeling. So yeah, it was hard, but uh, it's what it is, and yeah, I will put in the work. What what is it that you think makes Loic so hard to beat at a World Champs? I think he's uh, he's capable to turn it on, like really for 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 World Champs. Like he have his capability to to put everything is is right is ah in the right time for for that run and so when he's doing that kind of run it's pretty hard to beat if i could have done a, a run that i would like it could have been really close between him and and i but uh, i was notable so yeah i don't know why he's so good maybe the world champs in is a uh, an extra pressure and maybe he needs that extra pressure to be even better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's a tough one. But World Champs 2023 is in Fort William. You've won the last three times we've been there, which puts you in a very small group of elite males who've won a venue three times in a row. So Loris did it at Maribor. Aaron yeah. did it at Leergang. Greg's done it at the Fort. Sam Hill's done it at Schladming. Steve Pete in Monson Anne. And Nico Vulio's in Arrow Mountain. No one's done four in a row. So if you took World Champs 2023, you'd be the first elite male to ever win four rounds on the bounce. That'd be pretty cool, huh? Okay, the pressure is on. <laughs> the game is on. <laughs> no, yeah, but for sure, after this year, uh, like the, before that, I never like really give uh, attention to World Champs in my preparation. Because I was just focused on the World Cups uh, and winning races and everything, but now um, it's too much. <laughs> like uh, I, I want to, uh, I want to win World Championship in my life, mm-hmm. and uh, I think next year, next year can be a good, um, a good opportunity. So I will be every, I will do everything I can, like to to grab this title. And yeah, we'll see. Does 
does that mean you'd be willing to kind of sacrifice some performance at some of the other rounds of the World Cup in order to be in your best condition for that race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like the goal will be really to to be ready for that race. And if it, if I need to to be unready uh, at a World Cup, I'd be I'd be unready for sure. That's uh, the goal uh, now is focused on on the World Championship. So. We'll see how it goes. Do you think there are unique kind of characteristics that are required for Fort William? Are there certain things that that require a focus to be good there? Uh, For Yams, it's different than any other races for sure because first it's really long, so it's it's hard like to... It's hard like to to stay focused. The focus is hard to to keep all the way done and the strength uh, needed as well is pretty hard, so... Yeah, and the ground is pretty special as well. Like <laughs> yeah. this is not uh, natural dirt, so all the way down it's uh, this slippery dirt. It's better when it's wet, but uh, yeah, for Yami is typical. Who knows? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Rumors of a new top section to the track. I don't know how true that is, but we'll see if they've made any changes up there. And then the first ever combined cycling world championships as well. So Scotland's going to be super busy for a few weeks. <laughs> That's but, yeah. cool. Eh? That's very cool. Yeah. I think. Be exciting. How do you, how do you feel then about uh, some of these riders that are coming up into elite? You've got Jordan and Jackson who've had a pretty incredible battle all season long. Um, and I remember watching a side by side of yours and Jackson's head cams from Fort William, and he was he was pretty much on your pace for a lot of the track which is insane like do you feel they could be a threat straight away coming in honestly uh for sure they'll be both really good in elite uh this is no doubt about it uh then it's always hard to say they will uh, be better than everyone but uh no for sure they have uh both of them have a bright future ahead and they, it's going to be, I think, some good battle with them. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Yeah, looking forward to it. I want to just quickly talk about a couple of little things with the bike and the team. And one of the things I've spotted on the bike, I don't know if they're there all the time, but certainly at some points you've had these little vibration damping stickers uh, yeah. on various parts of the bike. Do you Have you ever done any back-to-back testing with that stuff? Like, Do you personally feel... A benefit is it a psychological thing like how much do you think they're doing no no no. if if you see something on the bike it's uh it's not just for just for the beautiful side of the thing it just uh if we are we are looking for every little um advantage we can find so for that stuff that was that was helping uh at the time we not we are not running uh them every time it de- just depends on the tracks and everything but uh yeah it's uh it's working and in some condition it can help for sure interesting and is that do you find it's more like the high frequency vibration that it's damping like the sm- really small yeah no 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 all the yeah high frequency little like I don't have the the English, the English terms, but uh, yeah, it's just the vibration itself in the vibration. Yeah, interesting. And Commercial, I think, have one of the highest 
rider to staff ratios on the circuit. There's a lot of people supporting the the work that you're doing. How much do you rely on on that team around you? Like what and who are the I guess the kind of key people that are part of your team? Uh, so the key people um, for sure are the reference brother who are managing everything and they just uh, give lives to to this team and they they made sure that everything is going well they made the relations between the sponsor and us like just to 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 have the best products possible so we work um, directly with the brands uh to to give them feedbacks and to improve the the products and for that we have the the big help of the of commensal with arthur the engineers Mm-hmm. and uh, Maxim is uh, just like head mechanic and he just like organize everything so it's a lot of um, it's a lot of develop development works but uh, it's help it's benefit for the for the brand and it's benefits for us because we are looking to win so they are sure we we are giving the best um, feedback we can and and we are maybe sometimes uh, too much demanding for the brands, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we are hard worker and we are a good group of people. We work, uh, we, we work uh, in the same direction, so we all want the same thing, and that's uh, that's pretty important, I think. Yeah, and Comments Sour is definitely a team that's there to take victories. Um, and you mentioned the word business earlier, like winning is a serious business. And yeah. you've got Max, the boss, Max at the race pretty much every weekend. Yeah. And how do you manage to balance that serious task, the business element of it, of, of winning versus keeping it light and fun? Because you've said all along, like you need it to be fun in order to, to perform. It's a, it's a hard balance to find, but uh, it's, there is time for everything, I think, and when it's business time, this is business time. When it's uh, training time, it's training time. And uh, but there is the fun is in every part of the uh, of the process. You just need to to find it. It's not always easy, but uh, when you can find it and you having fun and love what you do, it's you have the keys in, in your hands. Yeah. And you seem to get on pretty well with your, with your teammates. I particularly enjoyed seeing you giving Tebow a nice cuddle at the top of one of the tracks <laughs> on the live feed this year. Like, at, oh, like, that's you, literally minutes before a race run and you two are messing about and having a little cuddle and a kiss on the live feed. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I hope some people can see that and laugh about, uh, about it in front of the screen. But uh, yeah, it's like, uh, it's a way to, to let disappear the stress, the the run stress. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Just and a little it... joke, and and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff, man. Well, <laughs> we we're going to wrap up with our final four questions. Before we do that, we've got some big change coming in the sport over the next few years with Discovery taking over from Red Bull. If you were in charge, are there things you'd want to change? Uh, first of all, the um, the safety safety side needs to to go uh, like not one step but 
10 step ahead because mm-hmm. uh, we, we've seen in the last few years some serious um serious bad uh, situation like brook in 2019 at Walshant when he was uh with a broken back and the helicopter was not allowed to 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 go because he was not um vital uh vital uh, injuries or whatever mm-hmm. but it was fucking serious seriously that that's that's get get me mad but yeah we definitely need to have i think um a medical crew who who is the same crew as every race is who know the sports uh, the impact we can have they le- they need to to learn a bit about the sports and they then we can we can be mind free about about that they, they need as well to to clean the the bison the bison is uh is a nightmare bro. if you get out the track and and sometimes even the track is there is some sketchy stuff on the track but the bison like if you look at some other sports like motocross or f1 they, like the there is a a massive bison where there is there is no people and this is clean if the riders go out of the track for us a lot of time if you go out of the track you go to the bison you can have a massive rug or a tree or falling tree like there is so much nearly stuff a stump or whatever so yeah just the safety side need to be really really involved and then uh then I don't really care. I just want to okay. ride my bike. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any worries about next season or do you think it will all be okay? Uh, I don't really think about it. Uh, I, I I don't really go deep in, in, the, in the source of that because uh, I just want to stay focused on myself. And I hope we can trust some people to do their job <laughs> so i do my job i hope they will do their job as as best as possible with the same commitment um, as racers do so we can have a proper show proper race tracks but i think this is moving in the good direction for sure it's sad like to to have lost um the the Red Bull coverage because it was uh, honestly they were they were working well the coverage was sick so so then we see yeah yeah fingers crossed fingers let's crossed. Uh, let's wrap up man let's go through these final four questions that we ask most people the first one of those if our listeners had 150 pounds which is about 175 euros to spend to improve their performance on a bike. What would you recommend they go and spend it on? On the bike, like uh, could be away from the bike. Anything that would help them get better, basically. With how much you tell? You uh, tell one hundred and seventy-five euros. Uh, whoa! Oh, not uh, much. Not much, huh? Uh, <laughs> oh, is that sad? Huh? <laughs> no, um, yeah. A good set uh, of tires is important because uh, mm-hmm. this is the first. Um, this is the only part with in contact with the ground, so it's really important. 
tires are yeah. important what's your go-to set of tires what do you ride most of the time uh, i'm riding the taki chan the new schwalbies uh-huh. and they're pretty cool i'm loving yeah. it in enduro downhill like i can nice. use it uh, a lot of yeah. in every way cool second one if you could wind back the clock and sit down with yourself age 16 what advice would you give him <laughs> just like uh take care of little details every little detail is good and uh don't forget to have fun above all and if you if you really want it do what it needs to do what you need to go where you want to go yeah got to put in the hard work right yeah that's uh that's the way we can say <laughs> all right third question if you could have a coaching session from anybody past or present who would it be and what would you want to learn from them mm, i think when i was kids like uh having the possibilities to not for a coaching session but just ride with uh with aaron green who could have been sick yeah 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 are there certain elements of aaron's riding that you would want to understand better but i would like to understand how we could run uh with eight seconds on a world cup <laughs> insane huh yeah that's fucking insane wow that was crazy it's cool to see him back to back to speed as well. Yeah. Right? He's, a threat. He's definitely a threat again. Yeah, yeah, I was so stoked for him. Like uh, the end of the season, he was really strong. So back on the podium, I'm really stoked for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely one to watch for next year. Yeah. And the last, the last question: What do you do every day that you feel benefits you? Um, I never do like. Uh, I don't have a, a routine I do every day or typical stuff, but I think it's important to to just do something with good for you, for sure, at least one time a day. It can be for me, it can be just a walk uh, in the mountains, especially in this moment, that's what I do because I can't do what, you know, uh, I can't train, I can't, do, I can't go to the gym, I can't ride my bike. So just go out enjoying the good air, a good fresh air with the sun, the beautiful view and nothing else. That's cool. Just do something. Yeah. You feel good for you. It's important. That can yeah. be just, a, I know for some people it's a cup of coffee and you feel good or whatever, but that, that can change every day. Nice. Yeah. You seem to do quite a lot of other stuff. I've seen like ski touring, golf, moto, cyclocross cross country like you seem to be ticking <laughs> off the experiences yeah 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 we we have one life so i just want to try to experience uh, a lot of stuff who i like so but i want to yeah just give a try cross country was sick and i want to do more <laughs> really uh, you enjoyed it yeah that was sick honestly if uh it's funny because you know you are fighting um with other people during the race so it's funny you are not alone so it's different fun but it's a good fun yeah and moto is insane golf is good like for relaxing it's been a long time maybe one year i didn't play golf so i need to go but i can't no 
not at the moment. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of stuff to to enjoy. Do you think you'd ever want to compete like professionally in any other discipline than downhill? Uh, if, if I had to choose uh, another sport where I would compete, it's, it would be moto. Okay. What style? Like in more the enduro side of things or? Motocross, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the dream if you do moto, I think, is to go to US and do the supercross and the motocross. Yeah. But in the same time, it looks so hard. Like, I don't know how they under the, the career, they are short. They, are, they have short career, because it's so demanding. Like, they took uh, maybe two weeks off in the, in the year. Yeah. And then it's like, how many races? Like, A more lot. than, yeah, more than 30 yeah. races. They they have only two weeks between uh, SX and MX, so they don't cut. They train directly in motocross. That's that's insane. Yeah, brutal. That's insane. Yeah, really impressive. Brutal. <laughs> cool, man. Well, it's been super interesting hearing about your journey through the sport so far. It's been a wild ride. It's been a lot of fun to watch as a fan of the sport. Looking forward to seeing much more of it. If people want to keep up to speed and, and watch what you're up to, where's the best place for them to look? To what? Sorry. To follow you. Is it or Instagram uh, the best place? Instagram. And I will start to do some uh, some YouTube videos as well, maybe just some GoPros. So okay. not not much. And uh if you want to see some uh, stupid stuff, you can as well go on TikTok. <laughs> but uh just for the kids <laughs> nice one all right i'll put some links to all of those in the show notes but yeah thanks amory it's been a real pleasure chatting uh, i hope you have a really good off season get through this injury get back to the training and yeah we look forward to seeing you fighting for wins next season yeah thank you very much and thank you for having me nice one thanks man ciao all right that's it for this episode with amory i really hope you've enjoyed it a massive thank you to We Are One Composites for supporting this episode. We Are One are offering an incredible 15% off everything on their website until midnight on the 31st of December. That means you can get a discount on their new Convergence wheels, their recently reduced and still very awesome Revolution wheels, and also their incredible bike, The Arrival. All you need to do is to use the code Downtime December 15 at the checkout over at WeAreOneComposites.com. That's Downtime with a capital D, December also with a capital D, all one word, followed directly by the number 15 over at weareonecomposites.com Also a massive thank you to 7mesh If you're in the market for some amazing quality riding kit then whether you're wanting to try 7mesh for the first time or you're already hooked they're offering downtime listeners a very generous 20% discount using the code downtime7mesh20 That's downtime followed by the number 7 then mesh M-E-S-H and the number 20 all in capitals with no spaces So that's downtime7mesh20 over at 7mesh.com Head over now and check them out and what's even better is that they ship globally So wherever you are you can get your hands on some top quality riding gear Alright here's a few other links that might be useful to you too downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe so you never miss an episode forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some brand new merch and forward slash ep if you want to get your hands on copies of our lovely print project downtime ep as always spread the word tell your rider mates and make sure as many people as possible are listening that's it for today we're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon but until next time get out and ride